0: From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Maayan Silver, speaking with JR Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, JR. It's so good to be back with you. I know My colleague, Chuck Kornbach, has been doing a great job keeping you on your toes. But in any case, um, I'm excited to get back with you for Capital Notes.
1: Jay, Happy to have you back.
0: Great. So, okay, let's just dive in and talk budgets, specifically one from Democratic Governor Tony Evers. He's set to release his full two-year spending plan to the GOP-controlled legislature on Wednesday. Can you talk about some of the budget nuggets, as you've called them?
1: Well, the big one so far has been his call to take 20% of the state's sales tax collections and dedicate that toward shared revenue, which is state aid given to municipalities and counties. Now, uh, shared revenue has been flat or declining for years uh, while costs have gone up for local governments, so that would be a big boost. Uh, According to the governor's office, it would be about $576 million more uh, a year than what they're getting right now. There are other components to that proposal, though. Uh, One would be to allow Milwaukee County to impose an additional 1% sales tax. It's now a half percent. That one would be split between the city and the county. Then there's a third component, which is to allow all counties to double to 1% the sales tax they can uh, impose and allow the roughly 25 cities in Wisconsin that have populations of 30,000 or more to impose a new sales tax. The argument is... This is all ways to generate new revenue for local governments, which are face caps and how much they can raise from property taxes.
0: So, so what are the chances that Republicans who control the legislature would get on board with these proposals?
1: My impression so far is that Republicans are not enamored with the idea of allowing all counties to increase their sales tax or allowing 30, 25 sorry, cities of 30000 or more to impose a new one there is definitely some momentum building for the 1% uh, sales tax for Milwaukee and for doing the expanded share revenue program using sales tax collections. Now, with that expanded share revenue, Republicans have been working that idea for weeks, if not months. Local government's trying to find a way to provide more revenue. They've realized that there is an issue there. What's interesting though is the Milwaukee component. Milwaukee probably has the best chance of getting that additional sales tax But it's because Milwaukee has unique challenges, and it's also probably gonna come with strings if they do it. So remember, Milwaukee has a significant pension problem. Everybody else in Wisconsin besides the city and the county belong to the state retirement system. Milwaukee County and city have their own. They are facing fiscal cliffs, as some have put it, in the increased payments they have to make to keep afloat. That is a problem. So I get the impression that Republican lawmakers, if they go along with that 1% sales tax, want to have that money dedicated to the pension problem. It won't fix all of it if they approve it. That tax would generate about $160 million a year, according to local officials. So a good chunk of change, but it tells you how significant the problem is. Now, there's also an interesting discussion about Milwaukee when it comes to the additional shared revenue, because there are Republicans in the legislature who feel like Milwaukee has made bad choices. They want like an agreement, some kind of memorandum of understanding about how Milwaukee is going to spend this additional money to make sure it's spent, quote unquote, smartly. Now, how you define smartly is obviously in the eye of the beholder, right? Uh, local officials will probably defend their decisions. Uh, that said, Republicans want to make sure that this additional shared revenue is going toward things like, you know, law enforcement. Under the governor's proposal, you would take the roughly 1.5 billion pot of money now for shared revenue, that increase of $576 million plus additional, you know, the existing expenses, and that additional money, money, it'd go toward law enforcement first, a chunk of that, then it would be divvied up other ways. I get the impression Republicans want some kind of agreement, some kind of insurance is how it's going to be spent in Milwaukee because they've they've got concerns. It's going to be interesting to watch how that discussion plays out and what Milwaukee has to do to get the okay from Republicans for that additional revenue.
0: You've been talking about Milwaukee and how it's facing really draconian cuts to services if something isn't done. It's been relying heavily on federal pandemic aid money. That money is running out. Milwaukee is really the economic engine of the state. Is that really why you're seeing Republicans get on board? What's the political momentum there?
1: Yeah, it's part of it, too. I mean, Uh, Republicans also realize that there's been an issue with shared room created by both parties. I mean, uh, Governor Evers has proposed bigger increases than Republicans in the last few budgets, but this this goes back years that, you know, uh, it's been neglected somewhat. And two, part of the problem for Milwaukee is back in 2011, then Governor Scott Walker and Republicans imposed Act 10, which uh, restricted or basically eliminated the ability of most public employees to collectively bargain. It exempted police and fire, however, And looking at just the city of Milwaukee, for example, I think uh, police and fire are like less than 43% or something like that of their workforce, but they account for almost 80% of the annual payment to the pension fund because police and fire have been able to continue to bargain for their benefits, their wages, things like that. The city and others around the state have not been able to exact the same kind of savings from police and fire they have from other employees. You are not going to see most likely Republican lawmakers propose expanding Act 10 to cover police and fire. And beyond that, Governor Evers doesn't want to do Act 10 period. He wants it to go away. So I'd be hard pressed to see him signing even that kind of a proposal. So they realize there is an issue there. And that's part of what's driving this is you've got the unique problems with the pension. There's a push. They want to have more public safety resources in Milwaukee because, you know, the city has got some problems, right with safety and you're seeing this kind of increasing cost for police and fire for their benefits. And they're, Something needs to be done, and the alternatives are not very pleasant for the state or for the city or for the county.
0: On that note, Evers is talking about, as part of the 20% sales tax, state sales tax back to local communities, he wants about $250 million to go to public safety to support what you're talking about, law enforcement, fire, EMS, courts, district attorney's offices. Do you think Republicans are will be on board with that, and do you think that'll make a dent in places like Milwaukee with its pension, situation.
1: Well, this all is going to help, but Milwaukee still got some painful choices to make about how it's going to address these issues. But there were bad decisions according to critics made for years that have led to this. Don't forget Milwaukee County, for example, introduced these kind of backdrop payments, these kind of lump sum payments 2 decades ago that if you worked past your retirement age, you'd get this kind of payout. The they were told how much it would cost, it was well short of what it actually cost. There're just things like that have been going on for a while. And so it's going to help. It's not going to fix everything. It's not going to make life easy, but it makes life easier, especially with that federal um, COVID money going away. There's definitely a very bad cliff awaiting Milwaukee without something being done sometime soon.
0: Okay, moving on to the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. Last week you were talking with Chuck, and you said that the conservative primary race between former Justice Daniel Kelly and Waukesha Judge Jennifer Doro is perhaps the more competitive one. How are you seeing that race shape up? And have you seen things get negative? And what would be the implications of that?
1: Well, we're starting to see attack ads fly in that race, though it's liberals attacking Jennifer Doro and conservatives attacking Janet Protasiewicz. Now, what's going on? Remember, it's a four way primary with the top two finishers advancing. So it's not like there's a liberal primary and a conservative primary. On the liberal side, though, Janet Protasiewicz, the Milwaukee County Circuit Court judge, she's up with like 1.25 million. In terms of media buy, she is getting a lot of the Democratic establishment behind her. There's clear momentum that if you are somebody left of the left of the middle, uh, you're probably you know more open to her than Everett Mitchell, the Dane County judge. It just the resources thing, the establishment behind her, all, all signs point toward her likely getting to the primary. So if you're a conservative, uh, like the Wisconsin Lines for Reform, or Wisconsin Manufacturers of Commerce Issues Mobilization Council, you're going to go ahead and start spending money like they are right now to attack Protossae, which you don't want to let her get a head start burning in a positive um, message with voters that if she makes it the primary in first place, projects an air of strength that she's in a great position for April. So they're going after her now, $750,000 plus on TV, Milwaukee and Green Bay, uh, targeting her over a sentence given to a guy who abducted and raped a teenager. On the liberal side, A Better Wisconsin Together Political Action Fund is going after Doro. Now, it's a little bit different dynamic there. One, there's a perception among insiders that Doro would be the stronger general election candidate for conservatives than former Justice Daniel Kelly. Now, a lot of calculations going into that, but that's the perception out there. For Better Wisconsin Together, if you're attacking Doro and you have the combination of the positive ads Fair Courts America is doing for Daniel Kelly— roughly $1.8 million, um, Kelly might get through the primary. If that doesn't happen, you're still going after Dora over the, basically, the, the fundamental foundation of her campaign, which is she is tough on crime. She oversaw the Walkershaw Christmas Parade trial. It showed how she can handle a courtroom, um, how she can address these issues. And these ads are about light sentences she gave to people who did bad things and her work as a criminal defense attorney defending some not very nice people it goes after that foundation of her campaign. So again, it's one, maybe Kelly gets through because you think that person's not as strong a general election candidate. And two, if Doro does emerge, you are taking the general election to her now and not waiting till after February 21st. Now, this is all based on what insiders are telling me. Anything can happen in a primary, right? Things can change, but there's that perception that uh, per se, which is probably going to get through. And it's real question of whether Doro or Kelly does on the conservative side. Again, knowing that, it could be possible that two liberals or two conservatives could get through the way the pr- primary works.
0: All right. Well, we'll for sure be keeping an eye on that race. Thanks for the insights, JR. Anytime. And thanks for joining me on Capital Notes.
1: Happy to have you back.
0: Thanks, JR. That was JR Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Maya Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, And check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.